G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's check in with Ashley Saunders, National Director of Family Voice Australia and our regular guest on 2020, although this is our first update for 2018. And it so happens that Ashley Saunders is in the UK on official business and looking into freedom issues as they are unfolding there. So if you're looking for context on freedom, a great conversation to be tuned into over these next 20 minutes or so. So a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Ashley Saunders. Good morning, Neil. It is really good to be with you and with your listeners for 2018. I imagine it's a little cool where you are there in London, Ashley. Uh, What's the weather like? Uh, It's uh, much cooler than the 46 degrees I had in Adelaide just before coming coming over to Britain. And uh, the good thing about the cold weather is that you can always put a jacket on. Uh, I'm not so sure what to do when it's really stinking hot. Okay. All right, there are lots of very, very important issues to discuss with you, and you're gleaning what is a real context for what might be ahead in the Australian battle for freedoms, because the UK, perhaps some would say, slightly ahead of us, slightly down the path in the battle for freedom. Uh, You've been meeting with uh, government uh, people. Uh, You've been talking to uh, bishops and senior church leaders in the UK. Uh, What sort of a general overall feeling do you glean, knowing where we are at in Australia and uh, and with where, where people are at in the UK? Uh, The general feeling in the UK is that uh, things are getting uh, pretty poor for Christians, especially in the workplace, and to know what they can and cannot do, uh, what it means to live as a person of faith at work, what it means to live as a person of faith uh, within the public square, that there is uh, increased confusion and uncertainty about where those boundaries exist, and the general feeling is that uh, things uh, are going to get even worse before they get better, both from discussions with uh, a couple of bishops, one who is still within the Church of England and one who has got to the point of saying, I I cannot be faithful to God's word and remain as a bishop of this church. Uh, They are very concerned and talking with lawyers that work with Andrea Williams, who some of your listeners will know, and and Neil, you know from having met with Andrea uh, when we had her out in Australia, having spoken to some of the lawyers, that uh, they're just finding that the number of cases involving Christians being disciplined or dismissed or otherwise marginalised for trying to live out their faith sensitively in the public square or at work, those numbers of cases are increasing uh, in a way that uh, continues to be alarming. Uh, It's a sideline issue and one perhaps for a conversation on another day. And Ashley Saunders, I've caught what you are saying there when you're discovering and highlighting the fact that it's a challenge for church leaders to remain faithful to a biblical worldview, to biblical standards of righteousness with the way that laws have changed in the UK. We'll 
we'll we'll wait for another day to have a conversation, perhaps about the way churches go and uh, areas of compromise there. But let me ask you about some of the things that you've been uh, gleaning. Uh, the government proposes making relationship and sex education compulsory uh, from 2019 in the UK. Uh, this is likely to be what would be ahead, I imagine, in Australia too, as the way things are going. Uh, yes, so. Uh, one of the things that I've done uh, was this week attended a consultation at uh, Westminster Parliament where members of Parliament were uh, seeking views from people of faith about the implications of making relationships and sex education compulsory from next year. Now, uh, we need to recognise that there is probably a positive aspect uh, to this, even though there are many negative aspects. The positive aspect is that the idea of putting sex education within the context of relationships means that there is some context to what otherwise might simply be about body parts and body functions. Uh, and so there was a recognition that uh, relationships are important uh, context for that subject. But on the other hand, uh, there are great concerns that um, parental rights to know what is being taught parental rights to remove children from classes that are teaching things that are not in accordance with the conscientious beliefs of parents, that the rights uh, to be involved and in informed uh, are being severely compromised. And not only that, but uncertainty between uh, schools, even between different schools, about what is uh, likely to be taught, uh, what are the things that uh, a parent has the right to withdraw a child, and what are the things where it's part of the science curriculum, for example, and a parent does not have a right to withdraw a child. Um, there's very great concern about that, uh, real concern about the implications for faith schools uh, who might be forced to teach something uh, officially that is inconsistent uh, with their faith. Uh, and uh, the whole idea that uh, it really comes down to who's primary role is it to educate children uh, there's this fundamental issue is it really a parental responsibility and right or is it primarily a state right and uh, who would have thought that uh, that this kind of conversation would be happening in a country like Britain did you glean anything from concern by parents about losing these freedoms to be able to raise their children, to be able to have some input into how their children are taught about these important issues? Uh, you've mentioned that there is a general concern. Have you, have you spoken to any uh, people who are reflective of what parents are feeling? Is there any level of agitation? Are there parents who are sort of ready to speak up or is this sort of ignorance or apathy something that is, uh, is uh, across the UK as well? Uh, parents don't know what they've got the right to speak up about. And, uh, and so literally thank God for some Christian organisations who uh, are being the voice for Christian parents. There was one a fellow of faith from the north of England who spoke at this consultation and, and he said, uh, we are regularly receiving telephone calls from parents who are trying to find out where the boundaries are, who are trying to find out what are the things that we can and cannot uh, get upset about. And he said that only last week uh, he was contacted by a parent of a five-year-old child, a five-year-old boy, who had come home from uh, what they call reception, um, what's known in some states in Australia as reception or kindergarten or prep. 
uh, come home from, from, from that five-year-old first year at school and he had a piece of paper that had a photo of his head pasted onto the body of a girl with a dress. And mum says, oh, that's very good. You've been very creative. What's that about? And he said, my teacher told us today that we each had to make a decision about whether we were a boy or a girl. And the parent was just horrified. And frankly, I think even as Christian parents hear this in Australia, um, they too will be horrified about what might be coming our way. Ashley, you mentioned that you'd met with some senior church leaders, some senior bishops. Uh, One of them indicated to you that uh, he thought that things would get worse uh, with a marginalization of Christian faith under a sort of a secularized society. Uh, there's others who are drawing parallels with uh, with Germany in the 1930s. Oftentimes cautious uh, to make these sorts of connections, but uh, but this is what the church leaders in the UK are talking about. Uh, yes, they are. And, uh, and yes, there is a sense in which we do hesitate, uh, don't we, to draw parallels with um, 1930s uh, Germany. Uh, but one of the bishops said to me, you know, put yourself in the position of a, uh, of a person in Germany in the 1930s where, uh, where the government was promising that things would get better. We're dealing with the economy. We're dealing with um, a whole range of things where we're feeling better about ourselves. Uh, but what he said was, just like in Germany in the 1930s, so today we don't live in a world where what you see is what you get. And what you see is the promise of equality and love and acceptance. But what you receive, what you get, is actually something very different to that, a compromise on freedoms, a loss of freedoms, pressure to conform. And uh, it's in those areas that he was drawing the distinction with 1930s Germany. And I think it is something that we ought not shy away from. Yes, we shouldn't jump too quickly to drawing parallels, but we should, where they are there, look at them and uh, and take some notice of them. Now, the idea of speaking out and having your say, which is a freedom of speech, it's a freedom of conscience, uh, a way that you think about uh, the things that you want to think about and you are able to speak out. And, of course, as long as those sorts of things are uh, are reasonable, uh, you don't expect that if you do speak out on something so simple as marriage between a man and a woman or issues of gender as being any way uh, that that might actually have you arrested, charged, dragged before a court and found guilty of a crime. Uh, as I understand it, Ashley Saunders, and you mentioned uh, you've been meeting with Andrea Williams from the Christian Legal Centre. This is the body in the UK uh, that represents these Christians who are being dragged before the courts. Uh, what's it like so far as the number of cases they're dealing with, the sorts of cases that they are involved in? Uh, what are your perceptions? What are your gleanings for what's happening so far as representation for Christian believers in the UK? Uh, We've spoken with some of the lawyers at the Christian Legal Centre and they say that the workload is just increasing and increasing as uh, more and more Christians fall foul of of policies at work and in other places uh, where it's increasingly difficult to live as faith. Cases where, for example, um, a teacher might be asked a question about faith by another teacher and in answering that question... Um, is nonetheless reported and disciplined. Uh, There's one of the cases where um, a father 
um, is said to have been at a local McDonald's talking with his wife and children, and is said in the context of that private conversation with his family at a McDonald's to have made some anti-Islamic comments, and he's been reported, and he's up facing a court case. Uh, and so Christians are saying we ought to be able to legitimately critique uh, we ought to be able to legitimately uh, raise issues. But uh, one of the things that even anti-terrorism laws and policies are trying to do uh, here in Britain uh, is to not only wipe out uh, or deal with um, Islamic and other terrorism, but also anti-terrorism laws and policies are being used to try and stamp out what they call Islamophobia. And so instead of um, highlighting the importance of free speech, the importance of critique. It's actually being closed down. And on the issue of gender, uh, there's a quote uh, that I've seen from the Prime Minister here in Britain, and she says, we are pressing ahead with inclusive relationships and sex education in English schools, making sure that LGBT issues are taught well. Um, critiquing religion, whether it's about standing for God's word when it comes to matters of life or gender, that we are made male or female, that we are made in God's image. Uh, on any of those issues, there seems to be a cracking down on freedoms, a reduction uh, in freedoms, instead of saying, let's critique, let's discuss, uh, let's have the right uh, to not only think but to speak in a respectful way, um, people are more and more saying, I'm not sure what I can do. Ashley, it appears to be that as the marriage law changes and there is a crackdown on the way people are able to speak freely about issues, it's not just about issues to do with marriage, not just about issues to do with sexuality, but it begins then to overflow into all of these other areas that you're talking about on uh, on cultural issues and uh, on the rise of Islam. Uh, these sorts of things, are they'll, they'll run like a domino effect, I imagine. And if you don't fight for the freedoms now, uh, getting them back later is going to be all that much harder. What are your thoughts about the way forward? And uh, as you reflect on what's happening in Australia, uh, what you can see in the UK, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the battle ahead this year for freedoms? Uh, we need to ramp up our battle for freedoms. And so let's bring it home to an Australian context. And it's not that long ago that when marriage was being redefined in the federal parliament, uh, I didn't hear this happen in the Senate, but I did hear this happen in the House of Representatives, that when amendments to the bill intended to preserve freedoms, when every one of those amendments was defeated, the gallery clapped and cheered and applauded. It's almost like, uh, we've won, you've lost, we're coming for you. And so we need to be very aware, we need to be ramping up um, our work on protecting freedoms at Family Voice Australia. Uh, we, like many other organisations, have already made a submission uh, to the Ruddock Review. Uh, we're also we've also been in touch with um, supporters by email, encouraging our supporters individually to make submissions. And I would encourage all of your listeners uh, to make a submission before the 14th of February. Uh, you can be assured that those who want to restrict freedoms of thought and conscience and religion, those who oppose those things uh, have been making their submissions, will make their submissions. And uh, we want to ensure that as many people as possible 
are involved in this. We want uh, the government, we want the parliament, we want uh, the community to hear that Australians will not lie down and roll over, that we will respectfully stand for the rights which have been hard won. And so I encourage all of your listeners not only to listen in on the conversation that you're about to have, but to make their own submission to the Ruddock Review. And numbers count here, Ashley Saunders, as I understand it. Uh, there are those opposing the Christian idea about freedom who have been making lots and lots of submissions. And uh, there is a need here, isn't there, for Christian believers who are concerned about freedom uh, to actually act now because this is where the battle lines will be drawn. Uh, there is a need for numbers, uh, quality submissions, and the quantity will be important. When people go onto the Family Voice Australia, your website fava.org.au is there a link there to how people can make a submission Uh, yes there is there's a link to what we call our action site where there are some useful tools and resources uh, where people can make a submission uh, where people can choose between any number of um, sample paragraphs or can write their own and so i encourage people to do that numbers are important they're important because wouldn't it be horrible if uh, at the end of this review some report comes down that's even favourable in some way to preservation of freedoms, but it then is revealed that you know uh, people in their hundreds or thousands made submissions saying these uh, freedoms are not important, uh, and there were many, many less who said they were. How dare you ignore all these hundreds and thousands? So numbers are important. Uh, Let's not kid ourselves about that. Uh, Numbers, as you say, quantity and quality. And uh, on our website, there there is a link to our action website uh, where people can find some tools and resources. And those words, ignorance and apathy, those are words that uh, you don't use lightly, but you get this feeling that people don't know the value of their freedoms. People don't know what is being lost even in this moment that we're having a conversation. Uh, there is an opportunity within the next two weeks to make a submission. The 14th of February is the closing date for those submissions for the Radic Freedom Review. As you've heard, Ashley Saunders, National Director of Family Voice Australia, saying there is a link on the fava.org.au website uh, where you can make a submission to that Freedom Review and numbers are important and, yes, uh, your submission is important too. Ashley Saunders, uh, talking to us today from London in the UK and a very important perspective that brings some comparison as to what's happening in the UK with their fight for freedom and how we might compare and see some context for where our fight for freedom in Australia is at at this time. Ashley Saunders, thanks so much for staying up late. I think it's around midnight where you are. So thank you for being part of 2020 today. Uh, It's good to be with you and with your listeners again, Neil. Have a good day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.